Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Miracatani with another episode of Matt Chat. Today it is my pleasure to be joined by the newly appointed manager of Greco-Roman programs, Coach Gary Mayab. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, David. How are you? I'm good. Appreciate you uh, you coming on the program. It means a lot to me. Oh, absolutely. This is uh, great. I've been uh, a huge fan, and I appreciate all the, the work that you do to, that puts wrestling out onto different media formats. So thank you. Well, we're all doing our best, right? So Yes. For sure. First of all, congratulations on the new appointment. That's a big deal. Yes, it is. It's uh, it's a great opportunity. I hope that um, we can uh, make some positive changes and move forward on some stuff. Most definitely. So, for I, I've known you and your family for a long time, being Missouri guys. But for those that don't, tell tell me and the listeners a little bit about your competitive background in not only folk style but in in Greco and freestyle as well. Um. I was very fortunate. I had a, I had, I've had great coaches all throughout my, my competitive career. Um, I had, uh, Bill Tuck that, that kind of picked me up when I was in the fourth grade and just told me I was going to wrestle. Uh, <laughs> I have, I have a lot of brothers and sisters and nobody else in my family wrestled, but I'm also the only one with a college degree. So I think that that, that, that goes to the man that said that, uh, this will be more than wrestling. So in that part, I've been very fortunate. And then uh, Coach Roger Dinker at, at, at UCM, uh, CMSU at the time, um, that man introduced and brought so many people together. We were at a gathering just recently with Coach Haggerty and, and uh, just all the guys back again. And it's, it's amazing that uh, our lives have all centered around those, uh, those four to five years there at UCM. So uh, but just great coaches in general. And, and I was very fortunate. I was – very small. I was uh, 62 pounds as a freshman in high school, and so. Um, oh wow! You were 62 uh, as a ninth grader. 62. Yes. And so wow. I stopped pounding. Um, didn't make varsity until my uh, junior year, and uh, and so. But I was a two-time place finisher in high school. Ended up uh, sixth and a second place finisher to uh, Carl Fudge, another good Missourian right there. Yeah. And so, uh, very fortunate uh, high school career. Our our. Uh, my high school team at Cameron, we actually, uh, uh, tied, uh, for state title that year, cool. uh, for teams. So that was a great opportunity. And I just got to meet certain people. And one of them in particular was a state champion, the first state champion at my high school in Cameron, who, uh, unfortunately passed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma just two years after graduation. He was a college roommate of mine, even though he had terminal cancer and just a phenomenal human that it, it changed the course and direction of my life back into coaching. So. Um, again, just who is, who is that, a, Coach? Who is that? You're, you're uh, his name was Charles Scott. He was a 112-pound state champion for uh, Cameron, Missouri, and, and a tremendous human being. He was uh, president of, a, of his class and an outstanding guy, and, and he, he uh, won it as a junior. And then his senior year did not qualify for the state tournament. We just couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. He just wasn't the same guy. And uh, took him a long time to figure out what he had because it was kind of rare at the time, especially in an 18-year-old. And uh, he fought it as hard as I've ever seen anybody fight for anything in two years. So it was an uh, amazing moment for me and I, and uh, my family. Uh, we we visit his uh, grave every every Thanksgiving day, and we don't miss it. We've never missed it. So yeah, he's a very important factor. 
But we're playing Doug's that, as you know. Yeah. So. Well, you mentioned a couple folks that um, we have in common. First of all, uh, Coach Tuck. You know, I, I, I wrestled around the same time that Mike did, so and we're friends. And then yes. Coach Dinker actually coached my dad at, at Central Missouri as well. Yes. So. What a great alum. What a great alum. I mean, tremendous <laughs> man. That guy's had his hands on a lot of good people. And then you mentioned yes, he has. you mentioned Mike Haggerty, who was just on uh, on my show, uh, <clears throat> like right after Nationals, to talk about the refereeing aspect of things. And yes. uh, I think we got great, to do a great, great shout out. Didn't he just have a, a 60th birthday? Is that right? He, he just turned 60 on Tuesday. So, yes. You doesn't look it and you, doesn't feel it, but he's there. You, him, and my dad have cornered the fountain of youth. So <laughs> I definitely think those two have for sure. And your mom with him. Yeah, so. for sure. Crazy. So anyway. You're going to live forever. Yeah. So I know a lot about your coaching background, but I want the folks out there to know it, so I'm going to kind of drag it out of you. How many okay. team state titles have you coached? And I know you've coached a ton of four-timers, three-timers, two-timers, and a bunch of Fargo All-Americans. So just for the people that don't know, let them know, and then you can give a shout out to a bunch of those kids that you've coached over yeah. the years as well. We've been very fortunate. Uh, I, I've been around hardworking kids and families uh, my whole career, I think, and uh, we've we've uh, we've been a part of uh, seven team titles, four A, and then seven second place finishes, wow. and then uh, five thirds uh, during that run, and. Um, so it's it's been a, a a great series for for so many kids and then uh and athletes and then um uh we've had um 43 individual state titles uh i think i don't know 145 something like that place finishers and then qualifiers are up over 230 so uh that part of it's been really you know again just so many great kids and and Four-timers, I mean, people like Beth Bailey, that just one of the best athletes I've ever been around. And Dustin was a three-timer, a four-time finalist. Dustin Brewer, um, just, uh, you know, Cody went on to, to, to win four. Uh, and, and that was just a great thing to watch, uh, you know, a brother put his hands on another brother and, and willed that to happen. Um, and then And then just... You know, uh, other guys that come to mind, the two Williams brothers, the same kind of thing. Uh, both of them, uh, were, were three timers, but also, um, they, they got third on the, on the, the both of them their sophomore year. Yeah. So they, they, they finished the season every year with their hand raised. Um, <laughs> and then they're, you know, so there's been, I think, eight or nine three timers and then the five four timers there. Um, you know Scott O'Donnell, Shane Nay, uh, what a what a tremendous spirit uh, that guy. You know he. Yeah. He's, he's, I, I've never seen a guy pull out last minute victories like he did. You know he won Fargo that way, won the state finals that way twice. Yeah. Uh, just uh, that, those kind of those those kids are. You know Mac Bailey's another one of those just tremendous spirits. And so across the board, uh, just so many uh, great kids and families over the years, and then. Um, here, you know, we've, we've, we've been lucky enough to have a couple of heavyweight state champions here at Staley and, and we, we kind of wanted, we, we willfully went after that to make that happen on the bookends. And so, uh, been fortunate, you know, Kyler Brewer was third this year, but we have, we have 
several people. Zach Zach Elam just got his second and and has another year to go. Uh, but he'll he'll you know hopefully he'll be a at least a four time finalist and, and hopefully a three time champ if it turns out right. So I think that um, uh, again just a, a a large body of people. But but again most of these like you know Brian Elam his dad and other people these are all people that are kind of lifers in our sport. Right. And most of these people fall into that same format. So. Yeah. And, you know, when a lot of those names you mentioned were the times when I was at Merrimack and recruiting and watching all those kids at the state finals. And I remember one story. I was walking up the steps to the Missouri wrestling room when uh, Zach Bailey was super sick. I think he had bronchitis or something awful. Yes. Yes. And, and you guys did a really good job of hiding it. And uh, he's watching, walking up the steps, and he got to the top of the landing, and he had to stop and breathe. Right. And then, you know, and, and you know that room, it's like three flights of steps, and each step of the way, he'd stop. And, you know, I was talking to some guys. I'm like, I, I you know, I think he wrestled Brandon Weiss that year, who was a stud as well. And yeah, yes, yes. That's what happens when you get old, Coach. You tend to remember this stuff. So, um, But I remember saying to some guys, if – if this kid doesn't lose today, he ain't ever going to lose in high school. And I mean, he never took injury time. You could just, t- you could tell watching him, he wasn't himself. And, you know, so well, go ahead. No, we did. We, we did late. We did take injury. And that, that was a little bit of controversy there. But, but at the same point in time, that kid should have been in a hospital. I think, I think that's one of those moments that I look back as an older coach and go, Oh my goodness. Did we, you know, but but he just had a will to him that he talked me into it. You know, coach, I can do this. And one of the neatest stories on that is a backstory on that is that his, uh, I think it was his freshman year or very early in his sophomore year, he came to me one day and he said, hey, I'm sick. I'm not going to come to practice today. And he let me know. And I said, no, you're going to come to practice. And he was like, he gave me the look like, why am I doing that? And I said, well, because it's important today. And he goes, well, I don't want to get anybody else sick. I said, you'll just wrestle with me today. So we went all day, and and he went. He did a great job. Yeah. And at the end of it, he wasn't very happy with me. You know what I mean? But he went home. Everything was good. And and then, but we were we were always pretty close. And he, but but after that match at state where he won it, and that gave him that opportunity to come back the next year and, and try to get the fourth one. Right. Uh, he stopped me after that fourth one and said, "You know, you told me that day that." I won't get to pick and choose when I'm at 100% or when I'm sick someday. And I said, you're right. And he, he said, but I knew I could do it. And, uh, did, you know, and that's the things. I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of pat him on the, on the butt and say, hurry back. And they, and he just, he, he willed that to happen. But that was an amazing thing. Yeah. And I guess the, the last thing I would say on, on coaching is just that the thing I'm most proud of is that just recently, I went over 90 athletes that are now coaching. And for me, that's the greatest thing that we've done. So Yeah, the coaching these guys of guys like you they gave, and Hag and my dad yeah, are ridiculous, yeah. Well, they just, they, you know, they gave out, just like Zach and other, uh, you know, countless kids that, that came back with injuries. I mean, I've watched kids do some superhuman things over the years. Uh, uh, you know, a knee blows out, and they, they finish the state tournament. And stuff like that that we just uh, are at a marvel of what they were able to do. But at the end of the day, you know, you have this all built up in you. Now give it to somebody else. And that's what they've done such a great job of. I'm so proud of them for that reason. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I would watch those kids, and they seemed like they were so fundamentally sound in short offense and reattach. <laughs> you know, I'd go watch them drill up there, and, you, you know, those guys drilled like, like a college team. And I know you had a lot to do with that. And they also had that also with them working with Victory Wrestling and the folks over there, that, that really helped them out as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, at the time it was competitors, but those guys all became Victory, and, and many of those were former wrestlers as well. And, and they just they, they were able to give that next generation, and they're still giving, obviously. So Right. Well, for again, I know i got to pull this out of you, but for the people that don't know, if they wonder, you know, well, maybe, you know, they hear about seven firsts, seven seconds, and five thirds, like, well, maybe Coach is leaving to go to USA Wrestling because his team had a down year. Tell the folks how your team did this year. Well, this year, these, these young men, they, they did such a phenomenal job. I, I, I told them, you know, in team meeting at, at the end of this, that they'll never know what they accomplished until they get older because they, you know, they did some great things this year. They, they topped some teams that were great teams. And, uh, I think teams that, you know, had, uh, you know, one in particular had put, uh, you know, they were on a run of three straight state titles and you know how hard that is to do in 4A. Right. And, um, and they, you know, and, and, and they had it, they had it going. And, uh, luckily we're, we're six miles from them and, and they're a constant, uh, piece of our motivation. And, and, uh, just in our one little area here of 22 mile radius, I mean, there's, there's over, uh, now 22 state titles, team titles since 1990. So, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of horsepower right within our area. And these guys, it kind of stood up in the middle of all of that. And, and did some great stuff. They won the title, and, and you know the, the, the way they won it too was different, I think, than most teams. Uh, you know, it's a 206 team at, at Oak Park, probably one of the one of the better ones that I've ever seen. Um, you know, they put nine in the finals. They had they had 12 state medalists that all went third or above. Um, I don't know when that's happened, especially not at 4A. And 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 yet this team they scored 31 team points with guys that did not place in the state tournament. So every single guy that did not place received wow. some form of bonus point. So they just wrestled, you know, and, and we had such a disastrous Friday. I mean, the resiliency of, of these young people was, was phenomenal. That's what I think that they won't understand or comprehend until they're older because, you know, we, we did so well on Thursday. And we were in first two years ago on Thursday. And then fell to third on on Friday, then fell to fifth on on Saturday. And this team, they fell back into second, but then came back out of it with a perfect round uh, in the wrestleback semifinals on Saturday. They came to wrestle on Saturday, they scored a lot of bonus again. That's the only way these guys came back out on top. So just to survive Friday, Friday was it, it didn't seem like we could buy a match. So. <laughs> That's a big round to not be able to buy a match on the quarters exactly. and semis. I mean, yeah. well, and it's the greatest day of wrestling. I mean, that's Christmas. I mean, right. semi quarters and semis in one day. I mean, that's that's yeah. amazing. So that's a long that's a long way of saying, folks, that didn't that couldn't pick it up that his team won state this year. So he's leaving that program and in great hands and with a ton of points returning. And you know, you've been at Staley for a few years, but most of your high school coaching was at Oak Park. And um, you know, I did some research, and you did the same thing. Where when you left that program, you left over a hundred points with them when you came over to Staley, right? Right. We 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 left with 129 points there, and 
and they, you know, they did a great job. They turned around and won it the next year, and and uh, so that 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 gave them that uh, that six in a row there, uh, and so that was a that was an amazing run that they had there. Um, those, those kids and, and coaches and everybody did such a great job. But yeah, they, uh, you know, they came through, and and, and again, I hope that. You know the success that we've had this last year is is another another step up stone for them and and again the coaching staff is intact. I mean, uh, one of the greatest things about this is that we have eight coaches and they're all on one page, and uh, it's been such a, a great time to work with them. And you know, Coach Feline, one of my mentors, yeah. came back and worked with us in these last nine years, and that man's been coaching for you know almost uh, forty five years now. So. The wealth of knowledge that he has, and, and, and especially at high levels, uh, you know, the first time I met him, I was in the seventh grade. And to be able to work these last nine years side by side with him, and you know, I, I call him every night around 10 o'clock and put my headset on, and he just talks for about 45 minutes, and I take notes. So I took like 38 typewritten notes in 10 fonts uh, <laughs> two years ago. So, I mean, just. It's just that kind of stuff. I mean, like, you know, like sitting down with your dad or, or sitting down with any of these guys that's been down that road, uh, there's so much to learn from them. So, Yeah. That's Coach Green's done it for a long time. He actually was one of the Fargo coaches when I wrestled yes. on Team Missouri. So, yep. Me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this new position of the manager of the Greco-Roman programs, you know, tell me how that came to you and, and tell me about the decision-making process to, to take the job. Well, I think, you know, it was, a, it's, you know, it's a long love affair. I mean, it was, uh, um, 20 plus years in the making. I've been, you know, coaching teams. I've been fortunate enough to, to coach eight U.S. world teams at age group and over these years. And, and, you know, just being associated with, with the top level of wrestling in America and in many cases the world. And so being with a great organization and being around it and learning from them and, and becoming a, a you know a better coach, a more seasoned coach, uh, through a lot of their opportunities and, and education possibilities they've given me, and I just I, I love it. And now now there's a, there's a there's a spot here where I get a chance to give back directly to them. That was one of the that was probably one of the biggest impetus. You know, I spoke with uh, Bruce Burnett uh, in detail. I mean, I've used him as a mentor of mine, and and uh, what a phenomenal human and coach he is. And, and I think that. You know, one of the things he said is, do not take this on unless you plan on working hard enough to bring about change. And, um, uh, you know, I, I do not know how hard that will be, but I know that I'm willing to work hard. So I think that, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, I always said that there will come a day where all I'll do is Greco-Roman wrestling. And, you know, fortunately now Friday will be that day. So Are you officially uh, start Friday, Coach? Uh, I, I, I leave, I get done at school tomorrow and then I leave Friday morning and, and I start on Tuesday. So I'm going to move in over the weekend. Uh, my wife and I are going to, uh, you know, get me moved in out there and then, uh, doors and, 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 uh, my youngest is going to go out and we're going to get the house set up and then we're going to start on Tuesday morning. And I have a meeting Tuesday night with, uh, several of the past, uh, great Greco Roman team members. So, wow get started yeah so it sounds like you know and obviously you've you've been one of the guys you know i know the missouri teams are always the head or the you know assistant head to the on the fargo teams there so 
it sounds like when this Greco thing came calling, there was it was a pretty easy decision for you. So I think you know, anytime you move, you know, that you leave and, and you leave something behind, it, it was it's hard. I, I love teaching. Uh, teaching's been such an important part of my life. I've I've always wanted to be a good coach, but I know that my day job is as a teacher, and I, I want to be a great classroom teacher, and I've made every attempt to do that. And, and I, and I'm, I'm, I will miss the teaching part of it, but hopefully this will be a new way of teaching, you know, a different sure. way. Yeah. And and so I think that that's that's something else that will fit into this this uh, process. I hope. Yeah. So tell me what the job duties actually are of this position, because the manager of Greco-Roman program sounds pretty all-encompassing when you when you think about that. Well, it's you just you just nailed it on the head. It, this thing moves a this needle moves a little bit each day, I think, and it's good. But it's you know, design and supervising programs, um, and so you know, my boss will be Coach Linlin, and and uh, you know, I, my job is to to push the programs in the direction and his vision, and so that will be my number one job. And then uh, both of us work for Cody Bickley, and then obviously uh, uh, Coach Lescutchis, and, and we'll, we'll, uh, that's the chain. But I think that uh, you know Coach Gutchis will give us uh, Les will give us direction from, uh, as he says sometimes, thirty thousand feet. What he sees is the overall from what the uh, the IOC wants uh, to the USOC, and then. Um, the direction of, of what foreign teams will look like uh, as we go through age group competitions. And then uh, at the end of the day, it will be Coach Linland's vision on what he sees for senior Greco-Roman wrestling in America. And so it, it, it is exactly what you said. It is, it is simply all-encompassing. And many of these programs will be designed as we go. Um, but again, to further uh, the productivity of, of, of our Olympic program and our junior Olympic cycle program. So, yeah, it, it sounds like, again, like you're, you're covering almost everything. And a couple things popped in mind as I was listening to you talk. One is um, I'm friends with Terry Crack. I know you are too. Yes, absolutely. And, and he's, Great do, he's doing big things up there. Uh, yes. And so he's, he's created that, that school that's, that's almost like a prep school, but with a focus on Greco. So, is that something that you guys are going to be working with him on? We have uh, we've had several conversations already. He has a great vision. Uh, again, it starts with uh, him and Coach Lindland going out and setting up a partnership, and then uh, my job will be to implement that partnership between those guys. And so uh, I will be spending uh, some time uh, both this summer as well as this uh, spring um, up there with. Uh, him and his programs there. We've been fortunate enough with Team Missouri right. to uh, to be working with him in the past. So, uh, and, and both you and I knew him from way back. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that before he went to California, while he was still in Kansas for a while, and and even beyond that. And so uh, he, he's he's dumped a life into this, and now he's got this going, and, and it looks like he's going to try to open another center here soon. And uh, this this thing's going to grow. I was. I was just uh, working out a deal to fly out to uh, Nevada uh, in early fall this year before we go to Poland, uh, before Coach Lynn and I go to Poland with D23s. And I'm going to fly out there for a, a few days to, 
to meet with what's going on, the exciting thing that's going on in Nevada. And while we're talking to Nevada, he says to me that he's lost a few of his athletes just recently that's going to move to Legends of Gold right now and, and Coach Pack. And, and so, I, again, all of this is it's very exciting that, that these possibilities are sitting there. So, yeah. And there's so many people. I think if we can organize, there's enough of a, a full-blown Greco-Roman volunteer army sitting out there that we can make, we can, we can move that needle. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I mean, I've known, I wrestled, Terry coached against me and then I coached against Terry and then, you know, yep. we, we've been friends a long time, but he told me about that thing about a year before it came out. And you know, right. one of those guys I spitball with and I was like, that's a big undertaking. And you know, he sent me his whole business model. I'm like, this dude's oh. going to make this happen. And you know, and it, it's a, it's a great spot. It's a great, uh, experiment for for the for people to see how that's going to work and for the folks in your position to really be able to partner up and benefit from something like that absolutely absolutely he's uh he's going to be one of those those mainstays i think you know uh mark alberson out in in california uh rick dumble on the other coast uh what we're doing right now at cornell university we've got three wrestlers right now currently on age group uh teams, either Pan American or World teams, uh, from Stanford. So we're making some inroads there as well right now. I did a, a clinic uh, with Coach Guerrero in Oklahoma last weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just there, there's some very exciting things in front of us, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when I, when I spoke to you in Las Vegas and you agreed to come on the show, you, know, you kind of, when you're in my role, you try to come up with the right questions and kind of go through your mental Rolodex and one of the things I thought about, it was, it was probably about 15 years ago now, you know, my dad gave me some more responsibility as the assistant coach besides just, you know, beating on the best guy in the room every day. And um, I reached out to a couple guys that I really respected, and you were one of them about your rules in regards to running a program and, and wrestle-offs and, and lesson plans and organizing. And what really struck me was your really just your tremendous attention to detail. And I'm just interested in how you think that mindset is going to help you as, as you embark on this new journey. Well, I hope that once we set down the, the parameters, um, once we set down the parameters that, that Coach Lindland wants, I think that once that happens, uh, you know, one of the things I think that we do a, a really good job of is that over the past years, we align every single thing. So, like, every meeting I have with parents, we start with academics. Every banquet, every awards banquet we do, we end with academics. So, if we say that academics is the single most important thing, then we make that the most important thing. Correct. And then, you know, we take on that, that every day in every practice, you know, we don't – I don't – since I've been at Staley for nine years, we 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 do not run to warm up. Uh, everything we do is learning warm ups. We either rep what we are deficient in, or we rep our strengths over and over again, or we'll work on pinning, or we'll, we'll focus on something at the beginning of every practice that will allow us to warm up, but at the same point in time to be learning during that two and a half hour go. And so I think that we, you know, everything we did was, you know, we found a way to, to get 13 more practices in a year during the season. And that's just like 
you know, going in and working out in the mornings before tournaments. Uh, going in in the mornings, uh, the morning of duels, we always have what we call breakfast clubs. And then on, you know, we do specialty practices that, that each of the specialty practice attempts to hit one of those main areas. If conditioning and toughness is one of those areas, then we have what we call a blackout practice. You go, it's kind of like a dance contest. Everybody comes in, the managers all have clipboards, and we just start tapping kids out as they can't go. So we just work them. We don't show anything new on those days. We learn nothing new. Everything is what we've designed over the last three days to prep us for that. And then we'll take them into practice and we'll go crazy for, you know, we, we, we had a couple of kids in the past years that went more than an hour and 20 or hour and 30, <laughs> which is, you know, Phenomenal. if you can do that, yeah. then you yeah. look at them and go, you can do six. So yeah. it's a matter of, and then we do some of those individually, and then we do, and then we we tie, we time everybody out, and we post those times. We have them compete for those times. So everything is based on that competitive nature at some point to bring that out, to bring courage to the forefront, uh, demonstrations of commitment through asking them to come in for six o'clock workouts uh, throughout most of the year this year. Um, I think if we live in those areas of value statements. That's, but then taking those value statements and turning them into tactics and techniques of wrestling, uh, again, taking risk to me is more important than winning because once you start taking risk, not gambling, but taking risk, then you'll, you'll, I think we'll all see more success. And I think all of these areas will end up being those things that help us. I mean, one of the things is that we just, you know, fortunately now that, you know, I'm on my last full day of teaching right now, hand down on my off block and uh you know i've made it through my whole career without doing a single wrestle off and that was one of my goals and and i'm fortunate that you know uh one year i had uh 360 pounders that i all that i believed in fully they were great kids and uh when i was back at oak park and that was a difficult one that was one where i really thought man because i tried every day to separate these three kids you know, who who would separate out and, and rise? And it, they just kept coming together. So at the end of the day, you know, we had to make a choice on who went to districts. And we've, we've made, you know, here at Staley, we've made that decision to change our lineup seven times in nine years uh, on the last week of districts. And and I think it gives us a freedom of, of, of looking at who's hot at that moment. And uh, so far, I think it's paid off. I know that it is at least garnered two trophies that I think we would not have had had we not made those decisions. And my hat's off to my assistant coaches that really, you know, Coach Bears, who's taken over the program here now, he he really was great at that. Uh, we looked at, at what trends were, who was who was doing well. I mean, you know, we, we had a young man that we pulled out of our lineup this year that was a returning state qualifier. Uh, and a great wrestler. He'd won a match the year before. He's a sophomore for us, and he did everything. He was on cadet national team. He went to Fargo. He was on the dual team. He went to the Olympic Train Center. I mean, this kid did everything, but he got a high ankle sprain in January. And you know how those are. Yeah. He just didn't come back the right way. And clearly, probably, maybe the best kid, but at the same time, not the best kid at that moment. Right. And and not having to wrestle off. I mean, I wrote down 18 reasons. I think I shared those with you at yeah. some point. But I wrote down 18 reasons why I didn't want to have a wrestle off. And, and I stayed with that. And, and there was some heat, you know, obviously. When you pull a kid out of your lineup, you're gonna, you better come up with the reasons why. And, and, and we don't take that lightly. I know there was a lot of sleepless nights for us just 
recently this year when we pulled two kids from our lineup. So it's it's but but it does grant flexibility and understanding and and so you know and flexibility is strength and power. So it was another way of getting it. So there's a lot of ways. But I mean, those are just a few of the, the examples that come to mind. Yeah. I remember I actually have that email saved because I begged you for it for about a year. You know? <laughs> I know. And, uh, I wouldn't really get it. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I remember talking to my dad about it and showing him, and I'm like, you know, just because I can beat, you know, you doesn't mean I should be starting. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. And when you kind of see all those things laid out, like, you know, who's the better student, who's the better leader, who's on time, you know, who who beats more other, you know, more of the other guys are going to have to beat to be a state champion or an All-American. And that's a and, Coach, that's a big one right there. One of the biggest things we look at is because, you know, you can defeat someone in your own room because you can figure them out. Right. You get to wrestle with them every day. Right. Uh, but, but man, the guy that can, can garner that victory in a, in a large setting uh, with limited time on the clock maybe, a boundary call, uh, and, then, and, then, and then win that point that, that won the match. You know, I mean, the, the, not every kid can do that. No, you're correct. I agree with you. And I mean, that's, I, you know, I, I remember, you know, talking about that. And it, it is, it's one of those yeah. things where, you know, some guys, and I talked to a coach one time, he goes, there's some kids that are going to find a way to lose a match when they're up one with a minute left. And there's some guys that are going to find a way to win the match when they're down by one with a minute left. And Yes. I've always thought, you know, if you and me wrestle in a room every day and you started out 15 points better than me, it's a lot easier for me to close that 15 to zero than it is for you to extend that 15 to 30. Because with, with, with you know, regularity, it's better for the worst guy. And Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that gets lost in it, too. I'm like, you know, sure. I know how to wrestle you. So, you know, I can stop your two best moves. Well, that's not going to happen when you wrestle a guy from the other side of the state or, you know, in our case, the other side of the country that hasn't seen it and felt it a hundred times. So, right. yeah, for sure. And, and you know, and, and there won't be a direct transfer there with USA Wrestling with the new job. Right. Uh, it's it's a big organization, and, and obviously I am. I'm just a part of the COG. Right. But at the same point in time, uh, who do you train? Who do you focus on? I think many of those same laws will apply in those moments of who do we put stock in at 14 that we want to see do well at 26. Right. And I think that, that guy that can walk in the room daily, that American wrestler who's good in folk style, freestyle, who, who wrestles both styles at Fargo, all Americans and maybe national champions, those styles. I mean, those guys, that, that guy can go to college. He's never going to be afraid of how hard February is going to be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and those those guys are the guys that at the end of the day, they just fight good. I mean, you know, I, I love what Jaden Cox said this last year when he came out of out of uh, nationals, having win the national title and think, man, I'm done right now, and then then realizes, oh, I got to go down a little bit more and wait to to get yeah. where I want to be if I'm going to try out. And he just said, hey, wrestling's wrestling, and 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 so much of wrestling is based on the fight and all these other intangibles that. That if we could list them out and try to put some metric to it, then then we can we can at least look long term because uh, again, you and I both know that that what we're doing now with the difference I think between an Olympian and the rest of us mortals is that an Olympian is capable of of putting in three practices today, knowing that he probably won't make an Olympic team until 2024 right now. 
he might give six and a half years of his life to make that one slot, and he's willing to go three times today to make that happen. Most people just can't. They can't bring themselves to put that much work in. But if we can, we can change anything that we want to change. It's very well said, and it really ties to our culture where there's so much reliance on immediate gratification and people just, you know, they're not willing to work for something down the line, whether it's a medal or a relationship or a friendship or, you know, a, a, an A in a class, anything like, well, you know, if I'm going to study really hard for 15 minutes. Like, well, there's more than 15 minutes of material here. So you know, you're going to have to invest. It's a 16 week class, you know, so yeah, for sure. I, 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 I think I, I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, I just heard recently that Inspiration is for amateurs, you know, and if you get all inspired and all fired up for maybe 15 minutes, like you said, that won't do anything. But, I mean, a professional knows it's a long haul. There's going to be a tremendous amount of struggles. I love the, the fact that the Hebrew word for wrestling can be translated as the word struggle. And so, you know, what we do is we struggle in our sport. I mean, we're going to, you know, I, I've had, I don't know, 16, 17 surgeries and and, and so many of my friends are like that too. Right. And, and, and because of that, there, there was a lot of downtime, a lot of lifting three pound weights to try to get back into where we could compete again. So I just think that those are the people we're looking for. For sure. Long haul. For sure. So when I, I was thinking about this title of yours, my, one of the questions that immediately popped into mind for me was, you know, they're going to have to have some way of measuring your progress. I mean, I know you. I know the amount of work you're going to put in, your attention to detail. I think people can hear that. What are the short-term short, short -term benchmarks and the long-term benchmarks that either you're putting out there or that USA Wrestling has put in front of you and said, this is what we'd like you to achieve? And is it in terms of just enrollment or actual medals? How are they measuring your success, and how are you going to measure it? Well, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm rolling out a national calendar for these four months, and, and I don't know that we've done that in the past. I mean, I, I think that, you know, within this, what I have to get done by when we come out of Fargo, I'm going to be I, – I don't have a day off in June. I know that. Mm -hmm. And I don't – I think I've got one day off in July. Um, and, and, like, in June, I've got to be two places at one in one day three times. So, you know, where I'll be doing something in the morning, something that, that afternoon or night. And, and so what, what my goal is, is to, by the end of the summer, to have an updated list that will be in Coach Lennon and I's office, an office together. And, 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 and one of the things that we want to do is be able to put up a board that is five deep at every weight cadet, five deep at every weight junior. And we're going to start the process of that last that that next to last and last year of schoolboy i'm going to travel to georgia for the national championships and, and start the process of talking with coaches at that age group right. and then we have to have a coach's list of every major deco coach in every state in the union and by doing that we will attempt to build i mean my my roommate that, you know, that, that's out at Colorado Springs is going to be Mike Clayton, director of, of coaching yeah. Yeah. at Station. And, and, uh, cause Clayton, you know, he does such a great job and, and we're going to use, you know, I, I want to, these next two years, I'm going to work directly side by side with him to build our coaching ranks in Greco Roman wrestling. 
So by the end of the summer, I have to have two working lists, lists that where, you know, and another thing I found that just in getting just recently, I, I we were sending a team to Croatia here uh, next week, and we're sending a team to Peru. That that while I'm talking to you, I've just received two two messages in on uh, the the Pan Am team that we're sending, junior Pan Am team to Peru, and. One of the things that we found was we had kids that was attempting to make world team, and and um, I just uh, but they didn't have a passport, you know. <laughs> you're, you're attempting to make a world team, but yet you don't own a passport. Um, you know, simple things like that. Um, you know, have, have these young people identified their performance team? They've got their coach, they've got their club coach, hopefully, they've got their parents, they've got teammates. But have they formally set in and said, who are my financial sponsors? Who's going to back me? Who's going to, you know, can, can, you know, one of our goals for next summer, my immediate goal is to stay on track. I'm sorry, is to, to get these two lists. And then by fall, I'm going to do what's called a fallback. I'm going to meet with every medalist at world level for Greco-Roman wrestling, either through teleconference or through, uh, you know, FaceTime or actually face-to-face, and then I'm going to go through with them their paths, and we're going to look backward first, and then we're going to take the modern world because, you know, champions are growing younger now. Yeah. And so what does that look like? Well, we have a very exciting program right now that's starting out at Olympic Training Center where we're going to bring high school-aged athletes to the training center and let them finish out their high school degree there at the training center. It's all set up educationally. Plus, they can get their associates, and if they're living on campus or they get a world medal at age group, they'll be eligible for money that will give them their undergraduate degree. And so we're in a very exciting time right now where we have an opportunity. You know, you look at Kyle Snyder on the freestyle side and Jake Casper on the Greco side. There's two heavyweights that were very dominant forces in NCAA this year. And both of these young men spent a year, one in Greco, one in freestyle, out at the Olympic Training Center at a very early age. And look at the payoff that these two young men. And 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 that payoff can happen. We can replicate that. This isn't a one-time deal. And so now that we have a program based on that, and that's an area that I have to, you know, right now I'm working very hard on establishing that, working through Coach Lindland and the USOC, uh, along with with with. Uh, with Izzy out there, there's so many guys that is is behind this program that we're you know that, that's going to be great for literally a handful of, of chosen people. And so having that, and then next spring I want to we're going to conduct regional workshops, uh, two and three day workshops throughout the nation. Hopefully one in Stanford, one in Cornell, um, Oklahoma, Iowa. I know we're trying to get into uh, areas like this. I mean, hotbeds of wrestling, um, you know. My three main areas I'm starting this fall is with Minnesota um, and sure. Wisconsin being those those upfront too because those guys are so organized right now and they've had such a great history in Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. That sure. um, you know, and then 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 we'll work our way to some other hotbeds like PA and Ohio, and so the three right now is is going to be you know Illinois, um, uh, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Because they're already there, they're already established. It's not that we're, we're not going to be the impetus of getting them up and running. They're already doing it, and what we can learn from them ourselves and learn from the model 
we can hopefully replicate in other areas and help have their help with that. And that's part of the reason why we're we're going to go to Nevada in the fall. So between that and then the uh, six to seven regional uh, workshops in the spring, and then we want to run a a national uh, four national training camps next next summer. So with all of that, we're going to give more opportunities. And then along with that, one of my goals is to have 30-plus kids go to Europe to wrestle in Europe um, that is not part of either, you know, uh, teams chosen through USA Wrestling. In other words, finding opportunities to get coaches overseas more to where we develop the coach at a different level uh, and then also develop those athletes at the same time, create a win-win scenario. What's great is I knew your answer would be that detailed. So <laughs> very impressive. Um, you brought up a couple of things. What, the passport story reminds me of Jaden when he, you know, he made the Olympic team and they had to get him a passport like a week later to go to Mongolia <laughs> to qualify the yeah. weight. So the yeah. good news is if you're really good, they'll help you find a way. <laughs> then, yes. Uh, yes, they are. And uh, you mentioned Peru, and I got to give a shout out to Cornell Robinson because he's one of the coaches on that team, and he actually is here. Yes. He's here in St. Louis, and he actually wrestled in yes. college for my dad and I. So um, yes. he's excited about going on that trip. So you know, one of the things, and you touched on, yeah, yeah, you touched on this a little bit, but when we spoke, you know, in preparation for the call, I, I mentioned to you, I'm like the current formula for freestyle the guys at the top of the ladder seems to be that those guys wrestle division one for four years. They almost always win a national title or they're at least multiple time all Americans. And then, you know, they get on the national ladder and work their way up. And certainly guys like Snyder and Cox have changed that paradigm in terms of being able to, you know, maybe skip a few steps and, and do it a lot sooner. But the Greco guys seem to follow historically a very non-traditional path. So I know you're going to go about trying to find, you know, through these, you know, grass, grassroots program, find the right guys. I've always thought guys that maybe were like, you know, five to eight on the ladder in freestyle, but really good upper body guys or really good in, with gut wrenches, but maybe not the best at defending their legs would be some guys that Greco should be recruiting. Do you have a formula on how you're going to try to bring some guys over right away that can make an impact? Well, we're looking at multiple paths. I mean, I, I think that you're right. I mean, you, you're 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 spot on. I think there's there's certain patterns that you can see. Uh, you know, one of the things I need to do is we're working on uh, building an American wrestler profile. And and overall, I mean, in other words, how many Greco wrestlers are there? Um, when we talk about a nation of, of over 300 million, America, and we're taking on nations that you know. There's some Scandinavian countries that are dealing with, you know, 11 and 12 million people, but they're very competitive in Greco-Roman wrestling. And so but we know it's because part of it is that from the time they're seven on, they're getting great coaching. They're going in one path, and that one path has led to an expertise in an area. You know, we had a young person last year make a world team that when I asked him the question in training camp, how many Greco matches did you have this year? He said, I think I had 17. Well, if you have 17 Greco matches in a year, and then you're going to go take on the very best in the world, I don't know if that's going to get that done. So one of the things that we've got to do is we have to establish more opportunities for the people that we do have. I, I think it's no different than what we were talking about with coaches in general. I think we've got a whole army of great volunteers out there that's waiting to be assembled 
And at least I hope that. I hope that right. I'm right about that. I think and you I are. Think that, yeah. I think that, that, that putting the pattern together, you know, you're, but you're right, that the path is not the same. And, and some of these guys will be crossovers that, that they'll jump, like you said. They may, they may be fit themselves, and they're looking at it going, all right, I can't get to Paris this year. No, you might be able to get to Paris if you jump over and go the other way. Right. But it will it will take these guys that, you know, you look at, I mean, look at another Missourian like Sammy Henson. I mean, that guy could have done either one he wanted to do. Right. He could have made it. I mean, obviously, he was, as a very young wrestler, he had pushed himself to the forefront of, I mean, outside of, of two old guys that, that fended him off a couple of times, Sean Shelton and, and Mark Fuller, outside of those two guys, nobody beat that guy. Correct. And so there's a guy that, that you know, and, and both Fuller and, 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 uh, and, 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 and Sean Shelton, they were both, I mean, they're both rated, they were almost done. Yeah. And, and if, and if Sammy stays the course in that, I mean, he's, he's the Greco guy. And, 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 and I really firmly believe in my heart that he would have been a Greco medalist. And obviously he went on, he was, he was a, a finalist in the Olympics. I mean, uh, a world champion uh, in in the in a in a great country. Right. I mean, was able to do it in Iran, and 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 you see that, and it's like, you know. But there's a guy that that's a perfect example. If that guy is going to sit at home instead of go to Paris, then he probably should be at Paris. Right. And and now and and are there very many of those guys? I don't think there's very many of those guys that can do both sides of it at the very highest level. I think at some point there'll, there'll obviously be some specialization, but we've got these young guys right now with you know Tracy Hancock, Kamal Bay, uh, Taylor Lamont, uh, Jesse Porter. We've got a, a whole slew of young guys that are that are just really talented right now, and they're fighting for positions at the open level. And so, you know, but are they ready to win medals at world championships? I don't know, but right now we, we've seen in our, in, our, in our recent past. Russia, um, Turkey, other places where they have a junior world champion and the very next year become a senior world champion. Right. So right now we have a, a chance still. We still have a chance at putting three guys on our junior world team that have positioning to fight for senior level positions right now. Right. And, and, and for that, you know, those guys are the guys that they may be taking this ulterior path that you talked about that is Greco specialization early and they just keep moving up the ladder. So, and then, then I think there's a third pattern there and that's the guy that, that goes, you know, that is a Greco wrestler that decides to go division one, goes through division one and we kind of keep him in, in the loop by getting him out to the training center in the summer, in the spring, maybe a fall workout time period you know, something that can, can blend a little bit, you know, like lift return work. Uh, 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 you know, I, I believe in my heart that, you know, Jaden's work, Jaden Cox, you mentioned him earlier, uh, what a great Missouri wrestler he has been and, and for our nation too. And, for sure. and yet that young man, I think his freshman year, when he wins the NCAA title, he has to fend off that throw with six seconds left in the match. Right. And I think without his Greco, I think that's a big part of what happened there. He's a record national champion. Correct. Against a great wrestler in Kyle Snyder. Right. And I think that when those guys, you know, now he goes to throw him and, uh, you know, it's, 
he doesn't get thrown. And, and, and it's those little moments that we talked about earlier, these guys that find a way to win a match by either, you know, and, and Coach Danker, you know, your, your dad's coach, that, that man, it, one of the biggest things he stuck in my mind early on was the most important points you ever earn in a wrestling match are the ones you don't give your opponents. Because yeah. there's no momentum built there. You know, you, you, you're ahead 4-0 and you let a guy back in on a takedown. Uh, he gets new life, and all of a sudden he's a lot stronger than he was five seconds ago. Right. And so those kind of things there, I think, are, you know, some of those those intangibles, those what we call soft skills, uh, those win matches. And I think those come from those guys. And if we could get, if we could reconnect with some of those guys, they're going to be older, more mature. Uh, and, and, but you know, right now the time frame on those guys, many of them are two and three years. Postgraduate. Well, if right. that happens, now they're 26. And now they're almost outside the frame of what people are looking at as far as, as what, you know, if you go back a decade or more, that would not be, that, that would be inside the frame of, of winning. Right. Uh, high level. And now with the youth movement, uh, we, we gotta look at that. That's something that we'll have to look at. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for the, I love Greco. I, you know, I wrestled a lot right. of Greco. My dad actually taught my brother and I Greco using judo geese. And he taught yes. us all the throws. And it was, it was like some serious Mr. Miyagi stuff where we didn't even know what we were learning. You know, we were painting, right. we we're painting the fence and waxing, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, but we learned all the throws. You learned all the footwork and, you know, you can cheat with the gi and then, you know, we took the geese office one day and he's like, do this and get an underhook, do this, get an overhook. And I, I thought it was crazy. And then I went to Fargo and pinned my way through the tournament. I was literally the first guy from Missouri to ever win Fargo. And people said, how'd you get so right. good? I'm like, I did judo. So right. you know, there's, there's multiple ways to learn that sport. And one of the things I think, I think people should really think about, and, and I, I think you know I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Randy Couture, who was a big Greco guy. Right. And, yep. and, and Lynn obviously, was a big MMA guy, um, you know, yes. very successful MMA career. I, I, I think Greco is a huge, huge help for guys who want to transition MMA because the stance is obviously much more similar than the bent-over traditional stance of folk style or freestyle. So, you know, I hope that guys that are, you know – I think a lot of more guys are looking to make a living off of wrestling, you know, whether it's coaching or competing or fighting. And I think Greco is a big help, you know, for those guys that are thinking about fighting. I mean, do you do you do you talk to guys about that as well? Well, I think that what what we the overall what you just touched on is transfer skills, and and those transfer skills we had, we had, you know we had simplistically called that earlier fighting, uh, efficient fighting skills. But, you know, your father's progression that he took you through and you started with footwork and then you get hand position with gi and then you change over from, uh, non-gi to, to now you're, now you're, you're structured in ties. But all of those things are still transfer skills. Uh, we have one of our junior world team members that is, uh, training in Japan right now in judo. And, and we're fine with that. We're gonna, I'm gonna see him next, next week up in, in, or two weeks from now. Up in um, Superior Camp in Michigan, right. with Coach Herman in there. But but right after that, he flies to Japan for a month to train, and you know it has Coach Linwin's blessing to it because he knows firsthand what the transfer skills look like, and and so I, I definitely think that. I mean, um, 
You know, I, I hope there's more Randy Couture's out there because that man was a warrior throughout his 40s. And, and I think that those things are, are, are issues that that man, um, you know, he demonstrates that maybe that third path that I talked about is still plausible, a 25, 26, 27-year-old. Sure. Yeah. You've got to find a guy that is like him or Haggerty that wants to they, – they live and die in that whole nutritional realm of, of, of that drink in the fountain of youth stuff that makes them continue at a very high level. So, yeah. But I think all of it is, I think all of that creates possibilities. And I think, you know, you know, just, I, I went out several years ago and did a Greco clinic for, for a guy out in, uh, for the association out in Hawaii and getting those Hawaiians that grow up on a surfboard, mm-hmm. getting them to understand firm feet, they, they've <laughs> already got that down. Yeah. You know, they, they wrestle flat footed. They wrestle in their heels when they need to. Right. And, Getting folk style kids to get back in their heels so they can go backwards is is a little bit of a tough push sometimes, but certainly not in Hawaii. I mean, the transfer skill there was instant, and their balance points are just phenomenal. Yeah, so. balance is a big thing in in all yeah. in almost all the martial arts. And that's it. You know, my dad taught us that wrestling was America's martial art. So. Uh, yes. I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance. I, I watch my dad's career and I watch how instrumental my mom was in it. And, you know, I watch a lot of the great coaches and they all have great women besides them. I, I want to give you a chance to mention Dort, who, it, along with Sandy Stevens and my mom, are probably the only women that I'm truly scared of at a wrestling tournament if they yell at me. So, <laughs> Sandy makes me turn well, my baseball cap around the right way and all that sort of stuff. Yes, so, yes. And I got to see Sandy, Sandy and Dort do the U.S. Open together. That was awfully cool to see them work together like that. It is. I mean, you know, Sandy has been so good to me and my family, but really good to Dort. I mean, she uh, she loves working with Sandy. Uh, Sandy has been a mentor for her. I mean, it, it's wrestling. So sure. no matter what, great mentors always make the difference. And, you know, and she, you know how she feels about your mom. I mean, she believes that she's one of the true first ladies of wrestling. And because of that, I mean, I think that she has, has done those things. But, you know, it's just like this thing here. I mean, this is going to put a, a two-year push of travel. I, I don't know that I'll be home any at all these two years. And yet my wife is the first one to say, go do this. Go make wrestling better. And and, and, and she makes wrestling better. Uh, in her own right, as you know, I mean, sure. uh, the way that she runs tournaments, the way that uh, just watching the athletes come back up to her uh, when I'm standing next to her uh, is amazing to me. And I, I've seen that I, when people go up to greet, I, I'm one of those people. If I greet your parents, I greet your parents because both of them are so instrumental in our sport. Uh, and, and so for that reason, I think that, that, that we've emulated that. I think that's, that's a, a page we took out of Maripitaniism there, but huh. I think that that's a deal that, that watching them in our state and how they've conducted themselves with such grace and, and honor and humility towards our sport. I mean, I've watched your mother work a table so many times over the years and a sign up table for either National Wrestling Hall of Fame or, or something like that uh, from the state, uh, situations back to AAU days. And so I think that, that that that's one of those things that you're, you're right. I mean, just she is truly my best friend, my rock. Uh, uh, you and I both know, I mean, you were a coach's son, and a really great one, but it was one of those that 
you know how many phone calls that happen at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> and the calls that you don't necessarily want to get. Uh, you know, right before I came on, I got a, uh, you know, I received an email about a, a, a father that had passed away of one of my friends. And, yeah. and it's, it's one of those moments that, that instantly knowing what your father means to you and knowing, you know, and, and I was, I'm, I'm on a different spectrum of that. I mean, my father died on my first birthday and, and, uh, and, and and the men that took over in my life were my wrestling coaches, and that's what gave me a fuel to try to be that man for as many as I could be. And, and but with her, she takes on that same role. I mean, last night we're trying to get all packed up, and we had a meeting about you know a meeting with our our the, the main core people here at Staley on how we conduct our tournaments, our tournament directors, our our people that run our concessions. We had probably a three and a half hour meeting with our coaches and those people as we're trying to get ready to walk out the door here. But she ran that, that meeting, right? That's, that's who she is. And so those are those issues that I think that, that, uh, I certainly, I, I told her many times, I can't do it without you and I don't want to try. Yeah. And so I appreciate you, you but you, you lived in that world and I you have, know, yeah. know her too. And so it makes sense that you, you know how important that is. And I think every coach out there that might be listening, is probably nodding right now. And hopefully when we get done, they'll go ahead and text their wife and just say thank you again. So we can't do that enough times. So thank you for that. No, for sure. And please, please pass along, you know, my love to Doris and her family and everybody else. And um, Coach, I appreciate it. I know you're super busy. And, you know, for you to carve an hour out for me means a lot. And uh, Well, that's great. It's important for our sport. And you, you do such a great job with it. And I appreciate you. I hear more and more good things as this thing continues to expand, and I'm, I'm thankful for you. So, that's kind. Those are kind words. I appreciate it. I know I'll see you see you at Junior Duels, and I'll know I see you at Fargo. And um, yes. you know, all the best on uh, on your transition. If there's anything we can do to help you out in St. Louis, please reach out. Okay. Oh, I appreciate. It. I will. I'll, I'll come back home for that reason. So, <laughs> thank you. All right, folks, that was Gary Mayab, the manager of Greco-Roman Programs. This is David Mirzatani with Matt Chat. We'll speak to you all next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.